Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So tell me, how was your week? I need a therapist. Yeah, we all need a therapist. We all do. I haven't gone in years, but um, and my parents are listening to this. They're going to be like, why didn't you tell us what's going on? And I'll be like, well, it's easier for me to talk to thousands of people on the internet than to my family. And it's probably something I'll talk about in therapy. But anyway, so I've been feeling like really anxious and sort of distracted. Understandable and in this dark there's, days. There's so much going on. And I've called all these different therapists and I keep getting put on hold and I was put on hold for so long, and I'm so distracted and anxious that when they answered, I forgot who I called <laughs> and why, and why I was calling. calling. <laughs> okay. So that's how my week Well, is guess going. what? This is, this is your therapy. It's a weekly session every Thursday morning when we release. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, we have yet another, probably going to be one of our best guests we've ever had. very special guest. Yes. We, like the living embodiment of the internet. She's made of the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor Lawrence, a staff writer at The Atlantic. She covers technology. And thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's a a, a strong intro, so I hope I live up to it. (laughs) We really get great journalists. I think part part of, you know, we may not have the biggest audience in the world, but we definitely have like a certain prestige audience, and I think they come because we have smart, creative, talented, lots of journalists, lots of creative people. Lots We're of really tech proud people, of that. Yes. Well, we thank are. you. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Welcome to know. Yes, and as you know, we start each episode with the elephant in the room. This is the thing that uh, cannot be ignored. It Simply cannot, cannot be, be ignored. ignored. And this week, we're going to talk about the fact that the newly Democratic House has finally unleashed its fury. torrent of its <laughs> fire and fury. Its torrent of investigations on the Trump crime syndicate that we know is the White House and um, Jerry Nadler. The chairman of the whatever oversight judiciary committee Committee, who is also the congressman for the very district in which we sit right here i'm glad that we're gonna bring down it will be us who brings down the president um so he's been actually he's been very moderate he's been holding his fire when when he sort of ascended to the chairmanship people were asking him are you going to move immediately to impeachment he said let's just go careful now let's we're going to do this methodically and we're going to investigate and if there's a case to be made we'll make the case right well this week he finally unleashed its case his case and it was in the form of 81 subpoenas, requests for documents, all kinds of things. And the the list of people that he subpoenaed <laughs> is like a rogues gallery. It's like a cast of characters, the likes of which we have never seen. Never seen before. And it was culled from a list of 150 people. Oh, so these are the best of the, so these this, are the greatest hits. And yeah, <laughs> and there's a couple of people I'm really excited about okay. on the list. So um Rona Graf, you know, who the was the assistant. And right. we haven't Was really... she the one who was on The Apprentice who was always sitting outside the elevator in like the fake set? Who would I, like show I them think to that the, was like win. some like non entity no, model. I think it was the actual, I think it was really you her. You think it was Rona Graf? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. He thrust her into the spotlight. Really? Yeah, okay. So it was her moment to shine. Um, but she, we haven't really heard much from her. And I think she knows everything. Yeah. Like Alan Wasser was her. She's going to be the fall guy. Like, oh, right. I he's going to put it all, he's gonna put all in his secretary. Great. Good move. So that'll be great and then another one that i'm really excited about is matthew calamari oh i love a good is it grilled or fried well I he mean, came up in the michael cohen hearings right right like mike i forget who asked is there anybody else we should ask about this and michael cohen was like 
Matthew Calamari. Like as if it couldn't have been right, more like, like the Godfather. It couldn't have any more Godfather, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew. I want to know what this guy's look like. Does he have like ringlets of hair? He does. He, he does, like, and little, a mustache. Like, tentacles? Oh and, my god! And he said that he would kill for Trump. But there's there's some people who didn't make the list that like we were really confused about. Like, yeah. There's no Ivanka. No Ivanka. There's no Ivanka. Who I'm sure is at the center of this all. At the top. She's at the top. She's at the top of the pyramid. Maybe they're just trying to like get Trump to turn Trump state's evidence and turn on Ivanka and Melania and Barron. He'll turn on anyone. It's it's just all about himself. He will himself. throw her under the bus. She's the quote unquote favorite, but she will throw him under the bus if he oh, Southern please. District is looking to throw him in jail. Oh yeah. It'll take a hot minute for for him to turn no on honor his among daughter. thieves. <laughs> Um, so, you know, so these 81 subpoenas are issued and the press, you know, ha- they're not asks, all subpoenas. They're like, whatever, well, document, whatever. Requests. document requests. And they ask, um, Trump, if he's going to cooperate with this. And he says, I cooperate all the time with everybody. And then he cooperates none of the time he with never anybody. Because right after he says that Sarah Sanders tweets a statement on what she called Nadler's fishing expedition. She called it disgraceful and abusive and said, the Democrats are not after the truth, they're after the president. And I really think that's the only true thing she's ever said. Because if you're after <laughs> right, the right. truth, you're well, not after the president. And therein lies the nope, right? You might say, okay, everybody knows how we feel about these things. Of course we're happy that Nadler is getting aggressive and, and suppre- subpoenaing yes. all these people. But this is the problem. When you subpoena so many people, then you're totally open to the criticism that it's a witch hunt and you're just casting a wide net and you're hoping that you catch something in it, right? And of course, you subpoena 81 people, someone like whatever didn't pay taxes on their housekeeper, right? right? So they're probably going to find something like that. Um, and so they're undercutting their own thing. They should be a little more targeted. A little, a little more. more well, focused. there were 150 and they narrowed it down to 81. <laughs> and I also don't like... They should like, like learn from Facebook and be like micro-targeted. They should remarket to the, <laughs> to the witnesses who already appeared. Yeah. I mean, one thing I also don't like is when the press says more than 80 people. Like, just no, say 81. 81. It's like 81. when people... Say, especially, that's, uh, more than 80, at least that's a round number. I hate it when people are like, we have more than 37 flavors. Like... Just say, say the 38. Just, just say 38 We can flavors. handle it. We can handle it. And I feel bad for the 38th flavor. Like, why are they getting rounded down? <laughs> Don't round Terrible. down. Don't round down. No. Okay, so, so we, Jerry Nadler, my congressman, we support you in your overall efforts, but we debate, we dispute your tactics. We think it's, it is overreach. It's, it's political overreach. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Overreach is the wrong word. That's a loaded term. I maybe know. 20 at a time. Yeah. Like a <laughs> four, score. A score. Four tranches. <laughs> <laughs> like enough people that could fit in a rowboat at a but, time or a you canoe. Know, this is a crime syndicate that involves everybody. <laughs> it is everybody. So maybe they should. Maybe they should subpoena everybody. I mean, everybody. of course, every person who voted for Trump is also complicit in these crimes because yeah. it's not like we didn't know this when the election occurred. So let's just subpoena everybody. Let's subpoena the 47% of voters who voted for Donald Trump. Well, so I'm looking forward to this and, you know, no to Matthew Calamari. <laughs> no, no to, to Rona Graff. No subpoenas. to leaving Ivanka out of the list. Do 82 and include her. Okay. <laughs> let's be precise here. So nope to all those people, but goddamn, we hope you succeed. I hope you Yes, good luck, Jerry. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, Okay. uh, now we're going to move into the uh, living embodiment of the internet, which is Taylor, (laughs) our special guest. And we are going to talk about the one thing that has the entire world 
buzzing this week. Which more is than this 81 request More than for 81 documents. people is Momo. <laughs> Momo. Okay. Now, uh, I'm going to set the story up. I am aware <laughs> of a thing called Momo. I get the general genre of the situation, but I do not know the details. And maybe our listeners don't either. So perhaps you could do a little walkthrough, a little, uh, tic- sure. a little TikTok of what <laughs> yeah. happened. So Momo is a sculpture um, that was created by a Japanese artist and went on show at this um, horror art gallery in 2016. Wait a minute. What is a horror art gallery? It's just like an art gallery that has creepy things in it, I guess. Um, So people took a lot of Instagram photos with this sculpture. It's this creepy looking woman with like a big grin and stringy hair. Um, and they posted some of those, some of those Instagram photos got screenshot, screenshotted and shared to the subreddit creepy, which is a big subreddit where people share creepy okay. images. So r slash creepy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, anyway, sort of from that a couple years ago, basically people started describing ur- urban legends to this um, you know, to the sculpture. So it's kind of like, like in real life, like people would visit the sculpture. No, and talk people about would, no, no, no. People just saw the creepy image on r slash creepy and then was like, oh, this is Momo. She's blah, blah, blah. Like it's kind of like a Slender Man thing where you just kind of like oh, okay. make up a story about something that's not real. Uh-huh. And so people made up all these stories about Momo and how Wait, she- let me stop. People on the internet made up stories about <laughs> things that weren't real. I am shocked. I know, shocked. right? Yeah. <laughs> so this kind of, yeah. So this all kicked off in 2016 and then it's been moving these hoaxes and viral, I would say urban legends is what I would call them, have been moving um, around the world. I mean, this first went viral in a lot of Latin American countries and Spanish-speaking countries, and then it spread to the U.S. It actually went viral a year ago, last summer, um, this exact same thing. So what is the urban legend exactly? Right, what yeah. is the viral? So what is it that's going the legend viral? Uh, manifests differently in every country. Oh, but culturally, recent, contextually yeah, relevant. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think that's part of it. I mean, but anyway, basically, people think that Momo is hacking into YouTube videos or coming through kids' YouTube and telling children to kill themselves. And kids are all participating in this thing called the Momo Challenge, which basically <laughs> like culminates in them suicide. <laughs> it's, it's Suicide oh, no. or murdering their entire family. Okay. It's literally not true. There's absolutely okay, no let me, evidence let me that this pause actually and say happened. That no, last week when we were true. debating <laughs> topics, we didn't know that Momo was a hoax and it was going to be a topic on This Week in Nope. And we talk a re- took a reflective moment. You didn't say moment. it was Momo. You said it was like this internet hoax. Or you didn't say it was I a hoax. It was a hoax. It was I said it was a hoax. Like kids are committing video. suicide kids from are committing YouTube. Exactly. And, and I was like, Brian, we cannot talk about this. We talked about it briefly and we're like, it's too dark. Too dark. No laugh. for this podcast. Too dark. So we fell for it. Oh my God, you guys. Momo is not murdering anyone. Like, it's not a thing. And also, it's not a thing that children are doing. The children are actually learning about this from their parents when their parents show them this creepy image and then they get scared. And the thing is, with all of these types of urban legends, trolls hop on it almost immediately and they create content that's meant to sort of validate all of these hoaxes, basically. And so, you know, a lot of, uh, there are some videos where people have spliced in Momo or tried to make it seem real. It's not real. No one's killing themselves. Also, as any kid can tell you, it's not a challenge. Like, this is the same (laughs) thing with Here's the whole thing with the challenges. We're going to get to one, a new one, right? Yeah, right. Right. This isn't like swallow a Tide Pod. No, which also no kids were doing, but then (laughs) the problem is, is that it becomes, it it becomes such a meme that it's funny. Right. I mean, the Tide Pod thing ended up, yeah, people like actually started to swallow them because it was so funny because no one did it that it was like funny to actually do it. 
So they thought. I mean, you can't do right, that. It's right. very toxic. The, but, con- the condom snorting. Right, I, which I wrote, debunked that last year, too. Which is oh, not my God. A thing. We've been like, talking oh. about all these debunked. We should have you as a fact checker <laughs> on our podcast. Just, on our- kids are never doing whatever weird shit you think they're doing. They're doing other shit. As, as a they're parent, Rachel, other, we yeah. should be happy to know that. <laughs> I am happy to know that. And I also think, like, you mentioned this in your piece for The Atlantic about how this gives parents some sort of semblance of control. Like, if they could be like... Don't fall for the Momo yes. hoax. They feel like they're like... Yeah, it's a good life lesson. It's a teach- <laughs> they teachable moment. feel like they're moment. protecting their children when actually they're just scaring their children with this weird image. They're putting this idea in their head, which their kids would have never heard about. And they just seem completely out of touch. And they're ignoring the real problems the, on the All internet. the real other problems. So no, <laughs> no, Momo. No to Momo. Oh. But not just no to Momo. No to all the people who are spreading this thing. Are we Kim that Kardashian. desperate? Oh, right. oh my are God, we- yes. But at so many people, so many influencers are spreading it. I just love it, though, because the, the artist who um, originally created the sculpture came out this week and was like, look, this sculpture actually <laughs> rotted and degraded. It was never meant to last. And I threw it out. What was it made of? Like, it was paper mache or something. I don't know. No, no I got to stop this. Shut yeah. it down. Shut no, it down. Everyone right. was like, you threw it out. Now it's going to come haunt us. Like, Momo, ah, no, Momo no, 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 no. On the other hand, I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, we talk about how Trump and the whole grifter culture is to blame for all of society's ills. But I think at least a, a strong silver or bronze medal needs to go to these influencers. influencers. And we have some influencer stories. Rachel, you've, you've oh dug my up God. a new one. So we've hit the nadir of influencer culture. <laughs> okay. like, we're at the, if we're the asymptot- fire asymptotically approaching, we're approaching zero. Absolute zero. <laughs> if the fire Festival was not bad enough, like the hottest new influencers on Instagram are evidently vermin. I love Verm- this. Vermin, <laughs> like, like this? rats and, and I love it. And termites and roaches? Yes. They're influencing people. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it because okay, so basically, yeah, the New York Wait, Times. We need the facts here before we New York Times did this trend story on vermin influencers and I mean I just love the great name. word. It's a great it's, term. It is but good. it's basically about these disgusting kind of what what society deems as disgusting creatures, um, you know, becoming popular on, on Instagram. I, I Do love it. Do they have it. their own account? <laughs> yeah. Like a rat? It's like a oh, pet account, but it's for a rat or a possum or something weird. Oh. Honestly, okay, so I love, this is so controversial, but I'm not a dog lover, and I love other, I love reptiles. Oh. And uh, a lot <laughs> of. Unique, hot take. <laughs> and frogs. I used to have a pet frog. So amphibians. I kind of love, I kind of love weird animals. Crustaceans? Getting a, their time in the getting sun. Getting their due. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like it. Like, why they should be able to go we spend too much time con. on beasts of the field. We I'm, need like beasts of the like, you know, <laughs> sea and the the river delta. Well, there's <laughs> an Instagram influencer guy. Um, he's a deep sea fisherman, and he posts all the creepy fish that he finds. Oh, oh that's it's like cool. river monsters on yeah. TLC or whatever. Yeah. So, well, well, tell so, me more about so these. This story, the main influence. narrative centered on an opossum named Starfish, who's based in Atlanta, and the the. Starfish has it's not a starfish, it's an opossum and it has two hundred and fifty thousand <laughs> followers. Like starfish, on social you mean opossum. <laughs> <laughs> So so easily confused. And there was two. an event to for meet meet the opossum in meet Atlanta opp- at okay. like a store. And um this woman <laughs> Allie store who's, just like a Walmart. And no, me and Greed. No, it was okay. like a retail store. Okay. Step and, and repeat. People with were the like lined up around the block to like meet people this will like, animal. Stand in line for anything. Anything. Yes. Like I mean, really. Because it's like a cute pet. Like I kinda like rooting for these <laughs> ugly imp- like I don't know. I love these like weird ones. Because it's kind of relatable. 
Like, I don't know. It's like the ugly duck. We were all in high school. It's like yeah. us in high school. Yeah. We were yeah. Awesome, right? It's so incomprehensible. There's this woman on the line and they were like, what's the story with this? And this woman <laughs> says, possums are the new llamas. And I was like, <laughs> and lam- what? But llamas are the new what? Like, is this Horses? like a... Orange is the new black yes. sequel. Like <laughs> possums are the new llamas. Well, I mean, they're like totally different silos. They're in different buckets. Like right. it's not like I used to have a llama and now I have a possum. Those those are not reconcilable. I I think it's well, like the internet gets obsessed with certain creatures, though. Like you know, like, like the sloth, like the slow. Yeah, or oh, like remember slow, when it what was that called? The, the slow loris. Slow loris. And I'm then remember when the everyone wanted the shibu? You know, the little the doge. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that every. Everybody loves, like, for a while, it was all about, like, Pomeranians. I, I just think, I, I don't know, I just think it's funny that the, these animals really haven't had their time in the sun yet, so. Okay, so it's egalitarian. <laughs> I think and they're garbage egalitarian. monsters. <laughs> maybe the eagles are going to have their. <laughs> I think they're literally garbage monsters. All of them? Yes. I mean, they're <laughs> trash cats. I don't think we've trash. ever had such, um, it, such conflict between a guest. This and... is a wedge <laughs> issue. <laughs> this I is know. a proxy for, like, like, you know, uh, voter preferences. Right, it is. It is. Like, who's the We're, possum candidate and who's the llama to, candidate? We need to unite behind the... I, I prefer a llama. Than a, I love a good llama. I love a llama. Okay. I, I love llamas, too. I just... I, they I just, spit at you and kick you, and I think yeah, that's kind of badass. Yeah, they're also very mean. kind of badass. Very yeah. mean. But, yeah, I don't know. Okay. So, right, so what's your take? Your final I just take, say, yeah. Sunday Styles, I love you. <laughs> But do not encourage these people no. wait in line to see a garbage monster. You have a responsibility to report the <laughs> trends. If you want to treat on a garbage monster, get it, bring it into your home, love it, nurture it, that's fine. But do not subject the public to it. <laughs> right. right? It's a bridge them. too far. It's <laughs> a bridge too far. No. No. No, absolutely not. Shut it okay. down. So if, if – um, if possum influencers seem too much for you, um, this is a great also story in the New York Times. I don't want to plagiarize it, so I'm going to quote liberally from it. Um, we all know that there are kid fluencers, right? Of Lots course. of young kids. And never mind that the like Facebook age of consent is 13. You can't even have a pay, you know, a, a, a profile unless you're 13. But there are these young kids who are influencers and making on, tons of money on making YouTube. Making tons of yeah. money. That's right. So my question is, how early is it? For you, how young can you be to ethically be a kid fluencer, a kid influencer? And the answer has now been very clearly defined, and the answer is fetus. (laughs) (laughs) There are now fetus influencers, um, which is problematic. So I bring to you a couple of stories. The first one, and again, this is from the Times, give them credit. Um, This is Adam and Latoya Ali. They themselves are influencers. Um, and they, they started in 2014, so they already had a following, and they decided that they were going to give birth on YouTube, as you do, right? So it wouldn't be the first time that happened. And they had a daughter named Samia. She is now four, and she herself has 143,000 Insta followers and 203,000 YouTube subscribers. Who are these people? She is four years old. So AJ is five, right? AJ's five. AJ's five. He's too old could to you be imagine? He's, too, he's aged out. He's like Menudo. Like, he's too too old for this nonsense, right? Right. So this child um, already has 
paid contracts with Crayola crayons, which you know, that's a kid yes. brand, right? But also Homestyle Harvest Chicken Nuggets. <laughs> okay. Which kids love chicken nuggets yes. and fish fingers. I've opened up your freezer looking for a snack, and there's the nuggets. And Always. After Gotta that, have I want the nuggets. Them. Right. So the problem is a lot of these kids can't talk yet. I wrote a story about this. Oh, my God. So I should have shut <laughs> up and let you talk about this. Yes. So I wrote a whole feature last month on what happens when your parents document your entire life online. Oh, I didn't online do this research. From, oh, my gosh. Sorry, no yeah. worries. Um, but it's it's basically, and I interviewed tons of kids, um, mostly from age sort of third grade to fifth grade, which is when they start to Google themselves and realize that they have an internet presence. They're yes. shocked. And and to so, which they did not consent. Yeah. And a lot of them are some, I mean, some of them are actually kind of happy about the fame that their parents have constructed for them. But a lot of parents are, you know, a lot of kids, that's also when they want to start really, you know, expressing their identity, their identity for themselves. Yeah. And they don't really it's love the narrative yeah. that their parents have created. And so it's really, I mean, if after writing that article, I think it's so important for parents to be respectful of that. Um, but it is hard because a lot of these kids, especially in like a family vlogger situation, they're sort of born into it and right. there's literally no escape. Right. Yeah. Well, we have, we have this situation and I apologize. I should be quoting your article. No, no, no. I'm quoting a random article in the New York Times <laughs> no, in the last it was week. also a good but the, story. This family, this family I just described, uh, the child can't talk. So the quote from the father is sometimes they're there, the brand that's paying, their talking points are not kid talk. So my wife or I would need to appear to relay those because the key deliverables are not what the brand wants. Like you should not be exposing your four-year-old child to deliverables in any sense, right? I don't think well, so. Well, yeah, it's funny. I, no- I profiled a six-year-old influencer last year, actually, um, this kid, Ben Hampton, who actually joined Jake Paul's vlog squad. Oh, my God. You're an expert and- in the- <laughs> In the, Paul, the whole Paul family, right? But yes. it's funny because I talked to his parent. His father is like a social media kind of person, and he was sort of talking about how he really tries to be proactive about the the brand partnerships and the things that he's expected to do. And and I think like that kind of example is if you're if you're saying talking points for your kid, like that might be a little a much. Problem. But if it's something really authentic that your kid really loves and really wants to work with, like I, I I'm more sympathetic uh, okay, to well, that. So we're gonna it's get like to the stage parents, I guess. Yeah. Okay, we're yeah. gonna get to both stories when I when I tell the story yeah, of the sorry. next family, I think we may <laughs> we may pivot on ours. Okay. So this is uh, another story about Kyler and Madeline Fisher parents who are social media personalities. They they had two year they have a two year old set of identical twins, Tatum and Oakley with multiple K's and E's. Um, nope have, to those names. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Stop, shut it down. <laughs> um, they have two, the kids have two million followers on Insta. They get paid ten to twenty thousand dollars for promotion. They've promoted car seats and carnival cruise lines, of course. That's even better right. than chicken nuggets. The family's YouTube channel, which is Kyle and Mad, have three million subscribers, and they have a three uh, a third child due later this month in March. And that child, they've already created an, uh, an account for, and he has. 112,000 Insta followers. I shouldn't say he. It could be he or she. We don't know. This is a fetus, right? And the dad, this is the most despicable part, said, the dad said, my kids complete the package, man. Comma man as part of the quote. My kids complete the pa- complete the package, man. If we didn't have the girls, I can't imagine being as far as we are. So he is just brazenly 
admitting that his children his... are a commodity yeah. that helps him grow his social media influence. I mean, I Forget about stage monsters. These people are monsters. They're monsters. Unless, I hope that they're putting the money towards their college fund. Or, I, they like, are not. They're buying, I, I I actually... they're buying Chick-fil-A and cocaine and whatever <laughs> no. the fuck they're growing. <laughs> they're not. Like, for the most part, they're not. Like, and for the most part, I mean, you have to, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there are some laws to protect children, actually, um, you know, who are put in this position. Um, but it's funny to hear people, I mean, that guy is such a kind of a nihilist about it. Right. A lot of parents, By which you mean douchebag. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of parents are, are way more sensitive to that, especially family vloggers. Um, but it is, it is, I mean, a lot of these kids are getting pushed into the entertainment industry. I'm interested in the mid-level people that are not that famous. I mean, so many yeah. more influencers, especially female influencers, are actually monetizing their pregnancies um, and sort of starting, like, it's, it's everything about their life is monetized. And, and um, it's, it's interesting to think about those people that I just have like maybe a hundred thousand followers, you know, they right. they don't have that like level of fame where you could even go into the entertainment industry. It's more right. like this kind of. So, so speaking as a human male, I don't feel qualified to an- uh, comment on this, but how do you feel about a woman monetizing her pregnancy? I mean, Teresa Judice on Real Housewives of New Jersey <laughs> went through several public pregnancies and birth childbirths and nobody you know, flinched at that. How do you feel about someone monetizing their pregnancy? Monetizing their pregnancy? I mean, I guess it's all right. I, I feel a little bit differently about filming the child like on a regular basis and posting like permanent photos of them for their whole life. But so kids that, do, you know, child actors get uh, hired to do TV commercials there all the time. There's right? a lot and of problems with that. <laughs> and also it's not implied that like the, the real person is actually using the product. Like, is this kid on a carnival cruise? Like, right. no, right, okay. Yeah. So, so it's well, in- there are children. There are, I mean, they do pay children to endorse products. Yeah, like, I guess that's right. You know, I guess, that's right. I, I guess I'm more sympathetic to all of this. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I feel like all your notes, I'm like, yup. <laughs> okay, well, the, Monetize the, it right. all. No, well, the, reason, the reason we have this podcast is that is, uh, I'm glad that we're having a, a, uh, a morally nuanced conversation about this. But in the end, I must exercise my you, co-host, listen, it's your co-host topic prerogative and say no, no, no do not. Do not monetize your fetus. Do not put them on a carnival cruise. Do not have your child who can't talk endorse a product. No, there needs to be some sort of like age of consent for this nonsense. I agree. I agree with that. No, no, no. No. Now I want to talk about children on social media who are absolutely not giving their consent. Absolutely not. So we know about that. We've talked about these challenges. Tide Pod, which is a fraud. (laughs) <laughs> Condom sorting, which is a fraud. Ice bucket Momo. was challenged with real Momo, which is a fraud. But this one is not a fraud. This one, because we have seen it with our own eyes, our own two eyes. We can't unsee it. And this is a new low. <laughs> so this is the uh, cheesing. It's not even a challenge. It's cheesing. And this involves throwing sticky slices of American cheese at your baby's face. Okay. So imagine just a picture of a innocent suckling. <laughs> baby out of nowhere happily goggling into the world and then out of nowhere a slippery slice of american cheese hits their face and you videotape it or oh yeah it's all good there's millions of them on social media now brian you told me not to do any research on this and but i i was assaulted by these images on social media and uh, okay so the, the the baby that's interesting sociologically anthropologically interesting to watch their reactions sometimes they laugh sometimes they cry 
mostly they're just confused. Sometimes they're like blinded and like claw at it as if they had just had like an eye patch put on them. And it's expanded. Now guys are doing it to their girlfriends, which seems very misogynistic. Listen. They're doing it to dogs, which seems like animal cruelty. But the dogs seem to like it because they eat the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really happy someone's doing something with American cheese because Kraft Heinz is having some serious problems. Oh, that's right. right now. That's right. It's declining market share <laughs> yes. among the millennials. That's so, right. That's right. Maybe so, they're secretly behind. So there, 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 there are a couple of hot takes on this that I found in a bunch of articles here. So uh, uh, a mom named Lauren Jurgensen participated in the challenge, and she said it was harmless. She was actually like really psyched about it. She said, "Quote to her, <laughs> you got no." She said, "You got to learn how to live a little." He, the baby, isn't upset. It's not like I threw a bag of flour at his face. <laughs> we all have our different ways of parenting, and mine is just a little cheesy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> Who and the fact that, like, Since when is the bar, the like moral bar, oh, it's better than throwing a, a bag of flour at my baby's face? Don't fuck with your children Who and film does it. does any of these? It's the same right. thing. It's, it's like using... It's rude. It's, it's so inappropriate. It's going to have lasting damage yeah. because there's evidence. Of course it's going to be trauma. Traumatized, you're never going to eat cheese again, which in itself is like a human rights violation. I'm going to report so them to the United Nations Human if I Rights. Grew up. I don't eat cheese. Okay, now luckily, <laughs> luckily, luckily, there are children's rights. Uh, there's a, a organization called the Children's Rights Thing, whatever. And the executive director, Sandy Santana, who's a man, um, cautioned parents about the challenge. And he said it uh, it was a bad idea, but it did not amount to abuse. And he said, quote, this phenomenon is not child abuse. It's generally not meant to harden the child. But parents should first and foremost treat their child with care. With dignity. Throwing throwing cheese at babies can, in some cases, shock them and lead to unnecessary discomfort, but it's not child abuse. Who cares what the fucking legal definition of child abuse is? It's mean. It's deeply unsettling. It's It's disturbing. It's inappropriate. And, like, at least throw Gruyere. (laughs) (laughs) Fontina. (laughs) Like, there's so many. Paul Levesque. Yeah. The smelly cheese. I'm nervous that this is going to, like, spread to adults because, like, that sounds so gross. Like, a moist. Wet cheese. Yeah, oh. although I do love cheese, I would probably eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Not an American. This life. is terrible. I mean, this is how low. This is like the it's way bad. social media has just degraded our entire society. We've got the fetal influencers. We've got the babies being like thrown cheese. This is absolutely. There are no redeeming. Okay, you could talk about the like. <laughs> You know, capitalistic elements of like. No, I don't agree with the cheese. I don't the agree with the cheese challenge. Just, That's a bridge too far. Cruelty. It's <laughs> a bridge too far. Thank you. No, no. cheesing. Please do not do it. If you are a cheeser, if you're a cheeser, <laughs> cheeser stop do not right listen now. to this podcast. Yeah. Shut, shut, we hit don't, pause, we don't hit close, unsubscribe. Do not give us a bad rating because that'll hurt us. But just stop listening. <laughs> just stop Change listening. the channel. We're or not whatever we have. No, 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 cheesers. Shut it down. Rachel. We're in New York City. We are in New York City. And, you know, we have a lot of national listeners. In fact, a very a small, minor- a small minority of our listeners are actually in New York City. We have, uh, I think just in the last 30 days, we have like 50 countries and all 50 states have listened to This Week in Note, which they I'm have. very proud of. I'm very proud of and that as we well. we receive feedback that we should really address national and international issues, which we do. But sometimes... Sometimes we like, have to be local. Right, we're like a worm. New York City is like a, the center of gravity. We're like the Death it's Star. It's a tractor beam. We just bring topics in and i think people know that our mayor is bill de blasio it's just a name right yes the mayor of new york city is bill de blasio and um 
He's gross. <laughs> he's not. He's an abomination. He's, <laughs> we have a we have a Democratic mayor, which you'd think would make us happy. But no, he does not make me but happy. No, he makes we, me nauseous. He, his instincts are terrible. And I'm not just talking about his political instincts, which he couldn't predict that there'd be a local backlash in my neighborhood of Long Island City over this when Amazon deal. he killed the deal. Amazon deal, basically. Yeah, he like couldn't possibly predict. Well, he says he was for it. But in, but in the end, by his poor control of the political environment in New York City, he let, they ran amok and drove Amazon out. Right. He should have got, he had one job to get people <laughs> One work. job, grow the economy in New York City, and it did not work. It did not right. work. But so then like on Saturday, he posted a selfie with the Boston Red Sox. No, right. That's like, the ultimate sin. What's so insane? I literally could not believe that image was real. Like, I was like, wait, this is not real. Somebody what made this You could drive the economy of New York How into the ground, but do thinking? not pose with the Red Sox. And he was, like, happy about it. It wasn't like he was like... Ugh. And Red Sox were the enemies crazy. of both the Yankees and the Mets. And the Mets. And, like, would the Montagues pose with the Capulets? No. They <laughs> would the, not. Would the Hatfield pose <laughs> with the McCoys? No. no. So that was terrible. But then... That well, the was, thing is, he's from Boston, but, like... Whatever, you're, you're you give up New your York. allegiance when you come. People you switch allegiance yeah. all the time. The it's like the Lannisters, and the, Lannisters it and the Starks. He hasn't even been to a Yankees game. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Anyway, so that was on fan, Saturday. Yeah. And then on Sunday night, no one should have been <laughs> surprised that he... <laughs> we were getting push notifications. I mean, he like declared a snow emergency on a Sunday night, and it wasn't even snowing. And for me, this was a personal I, tragedy. <laughs> it was like your it, own, it was my your own, own personal genocide was, in well, Long Island City. Just to like back up. So my husband has been traveling for work. He was in Australia for over two weeks. And on Monday was my you're last. you basically a single mom for yeah. that time. Yeah. And on Monday was my last day alone with AJ. And I had a lot of work to do. And Sunday night. He declares this snow day, and so I'm stuck emergency, all day. Like I couldn't like a get a national emergency on the border. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a made up crisis. <laughs> and right. anyone like you don't need a weatherman to but know which way the wind, wind blows. blows right. or but we didn't get the punchline, which is that I woke up in the morning and there was a half inch of slush. There was nothing. Yeah. Right. And I had a meeting with someone who was from Wisconsin, <laughs> and like I was like the night before, I was like, if you can't make it in, I totally understand. Don't do anything dangerous. Stay home. And she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I it's mean, like a like a flurry, like a, a drizzle." I let out a blood curdling scream. <laughs> <laughs> blood curdling cry. The, the, I was quoted in the Daily News because I think really, yes. I, I was like, "What kind of insaniac calls a snow day?" No. On he's, a Sunday night when terrible. it's not even snowing. We didn't even need this proof. But you know what it was? He was traumatized because there was this real snowstorm a few years ago that they failed to predict. Right. Nobody had their, their streets plowed or anything, and he got reamed for it. He should just call us. Just call <laughs> us. We are, we, are, we are meteorological experts here. We are. Like, we know how to look at dark sky. We know how to look at the weather channel. <laughs> we say snow day? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Shut it down. So de Blasio, we could do a segment on you every week. We choose not to because we have an international listenership. But on this one very special week, why is this night different from all other nights? It's because de Blasio, you are particularly sucky this week. We you're hate a you. Monster. Go away. We no. hope there's another mayor, but most of the Go other people. Go to Boston. You're the. You're... Go be the mayor of Boston. <laughs> Or Pittsburgh or Minneapolis or, or somewhere where there's snow. No, 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 no. Shut, shut it, it down. down. Goodbye. No. <laughs> no. Nope. Luckily, Rachel, we have other politicians in New York City with 
with whom we can uh, interact and comment upon. <laughs> we can and have. <laughs> and so, we'll continue. To. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC. AOC. She, um, she doesn't represent my district, but the Nearby, district next, adjacent. next door. Yeah, yes. she, she represents parts of Queens. And she's very good at her job. And because of... Well, she's only had six weeks on her but job. But thus far, she is really she's doing very a very eloquent. good job. She's very eloquent. She's and let really... me just get this out of the way as a respect. Like, okay. I am glad that she is part of the dialogue. I think it's constructive, but I wouldn't want her running anything. Okay, well, I... Yet. I'm sure she'll evolve. I think she's wonderful. And okay. because of how young she is and how cool she is, everything she does is under the microscope. And she's kind of driving the Republicans insane, especially right. with People treat whole... her like she's a Speaker of the House, basically. Yes, right. with this Green New Deal. And, you know, the Green New Deal, it's this ambitious plan to right. reverse Shut the effects of the climate change. So can, yeah. Um and part of that, she has said, is looking at factory farms and reducing our reliance on meat, which is a perfectly I'm fine thing fine to say. That. I'm good with that. And um, the Republicans have seized on that. And the narrative now is that she's essentially the Hamburglar. So <laughs> she, she is. And Sebastian Gorka. She's not like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> no, like Donald Trump is Scrooge McDuck. She is the, Hamburg- the Hamburglar. To mix metaphors. Yes. <laughs> not metaphors. To mix to make McDonald's icons. <laughs> With Disney icons. With Disney yes. icons, yes. Okay. So Sebastian Gorka, remember him? He yeah. was that lunatic uh, administration official. fired by Fox, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, well, he gave a speech at CPAC, which is, you know, of course, he's welcome there, yeah. all yeah. the garbage people. And he was saying that AOC and the Democrats, quote, want to take away your hamburgers. This is what Stalin dreamt about but <laughs> never achieved. <laughs> Stalin. That was key in his five-year plans, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> first, the first priority is ban the hamburgers. the hamburgers. Ban the hamburgers. The grass-fed. Which, frankly, fed. is probably is a very progressive and, and, and morally defensible goal, I think, and yet probably unrealistic and should not be the cornerstone <laughs> of <laughs> anyone's plans. But so, you know, they, they have like AOC derangement sy- syndrome, yes. I think. And, and they, they came out swinging this week because oh, they yeah. found enormous hypocrisy in the way <laughs> she lives her life. Enormous hypocrisy. So the New York Post had this story and the headline was gas guzzling car rides expose AOC's hypocrisy amid Green New Deal pledge. What was her guzzling? And so the article basically says that she has been riding in cars oh. to perform her job she drives cars she drives cars she doesn't take the subway and i mean has anybody tried to take the subway (laughs) to get in between meetings in new york if you're I mean, a congressperson, right? Okay, I would say this to Bill de Blasio. <laughs> well, he's the one who has, like, the whole motorcade to go to, like, the gym in Park Slope. He and doesn't even Grace take it. the subway. No, nobody takes the subway. Nobody takes it. If you want to get somewhere on time, sometimes you just have to call Right, I've taken, like, car. five Ubers today, and it's, like, soaking me financially. But what is the alternative? It's just it's just too unpredictable. It's, you don't know. It's the, monstrous. It's it's. Yeah, it's amazing that anything gets done. So, so there was that. She she rides in cars. She also right. I, I saw this. She she writes on paper. <laughs> she writes on paper, <laughs> and she also that. does these Instagram stories sometimes when she's cooking, which I think is a really clever that's way lo- to connect yeah, with that's people. Lovely, yeah. And she was peeling a sweet potato, <laughs> and she was condemned by the New York Post for throwing the. <laughs> potato peelings in the garbage and not composting. There's no composting in New York City. Where would you compost? Where would you... It's not like we have these like 
spacious backyards where we can have like a garden and a compost if heap. If this is all they can find this on the her, I say find. this, this is, is wonderful. If they're doing a opposition research on AOC and this is what they've got. This is what they've got. They want her to spend all day on the subway and spend all day rolling around in compost <laughs> so that she doesn't get any work done because they're okay, threatened no. by her. So no, no, I think no, there's plenty, plenty to say pro and con AOC, but this is not the right argument this is, to pick. No, your, your critiques are so transparent. No. <laughs> okay, no, Stop. no. This is easy. Too easy. It's like fish in a barrel. It's like potatoes, potatoes in, a barrel. In, a, in a garbage can. <laughs> okay, no. No. No, shut this down. Okay, let's wrap up these notes here. This has been terrible. Absolutely terrible. Car, I mean, one of the worst weeks ever. What a terrible ever. worst we've ever had. Weeks we've ever had. But luckily, we're at the part of the podcast that everybody likes the most, which is ironic because this is a podcast about terrible things. These are the yups. These are the things that are a little ray of hope, a little beacon of life that help help get us through the week. Rachel, you have your first yup. What is it? Yeah. So I was going to talk about Jeremy Taylor, the 36 year old guy in Oregon who was like trapped in the snow for five days and yeah, survived on though? Taco yeah. Bell sauce. But then I saw this clip <laughs> Wait, Taco today. Taco Bell. Wait. Yeah, Taco Bell hot sauce. He oh, survived. It's delicious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and he made it. Um, but then today I saw this clip uh, from Gail King doing an interview with R. Kelly, and I gotta give my from up old to Gail. Clip or no, clip? it was from today. Oh, okay. And so I'm and sorry, he just Jeremy to Taylor. He like surrendered. He is now. incarcerated. Thank God. Like 20 years too late, but hey, too like I'll Michael take Jackson it. Jackson isn't around to be um, incarcerated. And he he had a meltdown on camera, and Gail King kept her composure, and it was a masterclass in interviewing. He was like trying to, you know, preen for the camera and saying, how stupid would it be for me to chain up girls in my basement and hold them there unless they need shoes for their uncle? And I'm thinking, damn, R. Kelly, that's a little specific. I guess you've thought through you this know? issue before. Yeah. <laughs> and, like and Gail just sort of, tree. <laughs> and Gail sat there and was like, Robert, we are having a conversation. I do not want you ranting at the camera. Good for she her. She kept it so cool. And I Yuck. love women who keep it cool. Like, yeah. I mean, he looked like such a raging maniac and she just like held it together. So Gail It's like King, the opposite. It's like the opposite of Fox News. Like, I opposite. feel like there's a flipped, <laughs> flipped paradigm here, like with Sean Hannity, like in Tucker Carlson going berserk. Going berserk. On people on like and Lauren yes. Duca are. Our living. greatest living journalist. <laughs> Other than Taylor. Yes. <laughs> On par with Taylor. On par. Right. Uh, yes. Right. So um, absolutely yup to Gail King. My yup goes to the late, great, departed Luke Perry, who left us too soon. Um, those of us who are our age, which is in our 40s, uh, we remember him from the originally Beverly Hills 90210. More like more recently, he's been on Riverdale, where he was the dad. Um, it's incredible that he died. People of any age can have a stroke. I guess he was much too young. And I think the angle here, the personal angle, is that uh, we have his phone number. We do. We do, yeah. because I purchased this home from Jason Priestley. Where we're recording right now. Right. Jason Priestley was the former occupant of this apartment. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and um, Jason left his, uh, back in the days when you had like your phone list and you printed it out, he left the phone list in my kitchen drawer. I think it's still there. I was wondering why you had his number. Because you were like, I have his number. I, I don't like... know why that's pertinent. I don't want to be disrespectful to him. We would never call that number. But um, I don't know. I feel a little personal something to him and people the the sort of memoriams that uh, have been written just say he was a fantastic guy he did all kinds of pro bono work so um, he was more than just the bad boy heartthrob that raspy on voice was everything he was everything he was yeah. everything to us yeah. we will never be the same Luke Perry R.I.P. yes Taylor what's my, your yup my yup is um, there was this article in Mel Magazine about uh, wait just spell that name of the M-E-L name. okay like Mel, Melvin Mel, like Melvin. Mel yeah yes. melmagazine.com amazing website it's about men's lifestyle stuff 
Anyway, they decided to write this article about how it, it was kind of about how kids like everything that they see on social media. And as somebody that is just a chronic over liker myself, I kind of <laughs> love it because I feel like you don't you don't have a limited amount of likes to give. Like obviously you shouldn't live for the likes, it's but like it's love. great we to have, give them I have out. Unlimited, unlimited love to give. Yeah, like why not just like it's free, like just everything? Like it. Just why not? Like why people, not? some people are so stingy with them. It's like just not just like stingy. All your like they, they exude hate. Like you write something thoughtful. Yeah. on Reddit and you're just like inundated with trolls and something like that. Yeah. This is just nice. Someone like doing says, like, like a mean like quote to you. It's like just like some random picture that your friend took of their bad food. Why not? Like, Why yeah. not? Why yeah. not? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you. That is a fantastic yup. This has been an amazing, a terrible, terrible week, an amazing podcast. Tell you, you've been a fantastic thank you guest. So you, know what so I, much. You, know, you know what's interesting is here is that, you know, Rachel and I were very political. We talk about the grifter culture in the White House and things like that, but you are a legitimate journalist. You are actually an objective <laughs> journalist. And I know that you do not have opinions about these things, and you did not weigh on Just any have of these a, things. opinions on uh, vermin influencers. <laughs> absolutely. So, totally. I totally respect that. And thank you you for letting Rachel and I rant about these things (laughs) while you were just letting us express our positions. Um, It was amazing. Um, You've been one of our best guests. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please, we ask every week. We don't want to sound thirsty, but it's very important. But we are. Rate, review, leave us five stars. If you don't leave us five stars, fuck off. Like just don't rate just us. Don't rate us. Don't, don't rate subscribe. Us. Like, what makes you want to no rate? It's like likes. It's like likes on Instagram, right? <laughs> give out if you the like five it, star. spread the love. Absolutely. Right. If you're gonna give four, give five. Yeah, it's just like an Uber driver. Yeah. Four, you ruin their lives. Yeah. They have fours, they get barred from Uber, right? Right. Okay. Right, so yeah. please give us the five stars. Please rate, review, listen. And the most important thing is like tell your friends tell in your real friends. life. You talk to real people. You work with people. You have friends ostensibly. You talk to them offline. Yeah, just be like, I like this podcast. People this go like, what's going on in your life? And you like never have anything to say. And you're like, oh, I found this great new podcast that I love. That's how we it's grow. It's a conversation starter. That's how we starter. spread the it, love. Yes. Spread the love. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a terrible, another terrible week, another great podcast. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common. We can talk about nothing. Shoot the shit. We got shit to shoot.